0: Hi there, and thanks for joining us. Coming up on this week's podcast, Connor Healy of Cork Chamber on the tale of two economies dealing with COVID-19, the coffee company that's needed new ways of reaching its customers, and I find out what a jingle box is. I'm Jonathan Healy, and this is Red Business.
1: Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast.
0: Now, the last time I spoke to my next guest, we were in Cork City Hall, in a room packed with a thousand people, all sitting cheek to jowl, shaking each other's hands and having a great old time. And uh, it really does seem like a parallel universe to where we are right now. But uh, we are still standing, Conor Healy of Cork Chamber, and uh, uh, we have a story to tell our grandchildren.
1: Absolutely, Jonathan. It is great to talk to you today. And uh, it does seem like an age ago, back in February, uh, the Chamber Annual Dinner, which actually was on, if you remember, the the eve of the general election as well. And, uh, And we certainly have had, I suppose, a lot of political developments over the last number of months, as well as everything else we've been dealing with from a COVID point of view.
0: When we have the history written of, of 2020, it will be painful um, and we will have companies that will have struggled desperately, but we will also hear uh, the stories of resilience. We will hear the companies that did everything they could, not just to support their own people, but to support others. There are lots of heroes out there, Connor, and, and, and you have been looking and hearing from a lot of them.
1: Absolutely, Jonathan. And look, it. it, it is absolutely appropriate to say that, look, many businesses over the last seven or eight months have had massive challenges. And those that have had challenges have had really big challenges. And, you know, areas like tourism, hospitality, retail and so on, you know, uh, have borne the brunt of things and and are again right now in level five when you know from a retail point of view and hospitality should be heading for a really strong Christmas trading period and again I'll take the opportunity to encourage everyone to, to shop local to shop local online and make that extra effort to find those goods that you're purchasing while well, we wait to hopefully get opened up in the next number of weeks again but for, for the purchasing that is going on over the next few weeks uh, find those products uh, online locally that would, would be the advice I would give but but yes you know there's been there's been a lot of Happening over the last number of months, Janet, and it hasn't all been um, been negative. You know, there's been there's, there's been lots of uh, development. We've had new investment. We've had, you know, I, I suppose a lot of focus in terms of where government is going over the next uh, number of years in terms of a review of the national development plan coming up there's obviously a lot of preparation going on around around brexit and i I suppose despite all of the all of that we've seen remarkable resilience across the business community um in terms of how they've supported each other how they've supported their teams because it is an incredible change from where you referenced Mm. you know city hall back in february it's an incredible change in terms of how we're all living but equally how we're all working um and with so many people you know working from home and trying to combine you know home uh with with work life and 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 all that goes with that so that's that's not without significant challenge. And I would say both uh, employers and, and the employees have worked very, very well to try to come through that as best as, as possible. And I think there'll be a lasting legacy of a greater appreciation of, you know, the importance of, of colleagues, the importance of cooperation in business as we look back on all of this.
0: I mean, it really is odd, of, because I, I I think that we wouldn't, have even been able to explain to the group in the room with us that we wouldn't be seeing each other anymore. There would be no more social functions. In fact everyone's going to be working from home. A lot of fellas wouldn't have enjoyed their dinner had you told them uh, that their staff were going to be working from home. Yet here we are at, coming towards the end of 2020 and that has become normal. Um, and I know we we are looking forward to a better year next year. But the resilience of the companies really shone through. I mean, it shone through in oh seven oh eight when we had that crash as well, but that was a different type of crash. This time around, uh, how well prepared is Cork for the bounce out of this? Because that bounce will come.
1: It, it absolutely will come. And I suppose we're very focused on, on looking to the future. I suppose we've been dealing with the current now. And we've done our best to support all of our members over the last number of months, you know, all the way from the middle of March. We've been engaging on a daily basis with, with government. If you remember all of the supports that were being put in place at the time, all of those needed, I suppose, in, input from organizations like ourselves, giving feedback on behalf of our members, having those supports tweaked. Um, and, you know, we had a very positive engagement across the the. I suppose, the government, political and and civil and public service system over that period of time. But, you know, after a number of months, we certainly started to look to the future. Um, And one of the things we did actually at that time was we uh, developed a programme called the Sustainable Cork programme, where we, we asked our members to look to the future, what they saw for the future in Cork. And we broke... That that out across ten different sectoral groupings, um, and had really positive discussions uh, with with our members in that area, and and we also went out to the general public, and I think we got about eight hundred or so responses to a survey, and across that public survey and across that engagement with our members, it really showed a positivity and an, an enthusiasm for the future of Cork, people seeing Cork in a really positive light, sustainability. Um, diversity inclusion being an absolute core of, of those discussions and the core of the feedback we got from both the public and and our members and areas like mm-hmm. you know public transport sustainable transport walking cycling you know green spaces you know a greater appreciation of a quality of life and what Cork can do to deliver in that in a very sustainable way was something which came which came true. Um, in, in terms uh- of you know, the next number of years, you know, clearly we need to see greater investment uh, in Cork and and recognising the role that Cork can play in terms of the national mm-hmm. agenda over the next number of years. And I think mm-hmm. the Ireland 2040, the national plan that we have for the next 20 years very much reflects Cork's position going forward. I suppose what we need to do now is ensure that the financial challenges we have as As a country, um, perhaps the challenges in terms of funding of key projects going forward that Cork is not impacted in terms of the progression of many of those projects. And that's something we're very, very focused on because there's a real opportunity there at the moment to invest in Cork, to take on board, I suppose, the feedback that we're getting from our members and to build a really, really strong, thriving city region economy.
0: One of the challenges, of course, that's thrown up by this is going to be connectivity. Uh, you know, how long it took us to get direct transatlantic flights and then they went away. But we had a very strong aviation business out of Cork Airport. That's all fallen away. It's nothing to do with us. It's the global sector. But you, you have to be worried and concerned, Conor, um, at, at what's going to come back in terms of flights in and out of Cork.
1: Yes, it is a concern and it's incredible to believe that we're in a situation where, you know, we have such a low level globally of of um, aviation activity. And obviously that's had a, a huge impact in, in Cork Airport where, you know, at this point in time, they're down to, you know, an Aer Lingus and, and a KLM service into London and Amsterdam. Um, but I think we have to you know, f- focus on the positives here as well and look to post-COVID and an environment where, you know, we have activity again, we have significant uh, travel demand. It will take time to build, but but Cork's reputation is strong. Cork has served those airlines well in terms of both business and leisure travellers over many, many years. And we will get back to that again. I think what we've got to ensure over the next period of time is that the airport is properly supported, that that's sustained in terms of its capital investments. It's got to make, the operational expenditure it needs to incur, and that you know, that Cork is well positioned as we move through COVID, as there, as there is an increase over time in, in aviation activity. And obviously, we're all aware there's concerns at the moment. There isn't a major appetite in terms of, of, uh, of, of flight demand right now. But we've got to focus on when that starts to build back up, that we're ready for it, and that Cork Airport is in a position to continue to support and drive that as it has been doing for many, many years.
0: Connor is, is the government doing enough to support businesses right now? Here we are in our level two lockdown and we look what even today across the water in the UK, there seems to be blue murder over whether they're doing enough to support businesses. Here, I mean, nobody wants this. Nobody wants to be in this position. But do you think the government in the actions that it has taken has done enough to protect business?
1: Well, I think, you know, you, you have to look at it in the round here. You know, there are certain sectors, as I said, at the outset that are really badly hit and it's, it's, it's probably very difficult to say how much government could do to to help those businesses right now. It's about sustaining those businesses. It's about trying to keep those uh, those jobs in place as we uh, for when we move through the COVID period. Uh, on, on the round, I would say that with, without the government support that's been put in place and particularly the wage subsidy schemes, you know, we would have had a very significant impact uh, across the country and in Cork as a result uh, of COVID. Uh, we haven't seen that impact. Businesses have been sustained, uh, whether it's through the, the PUP payment or the wage subsidy schemes. There have been supports there. And that's, that's what I've been hearing for the last number of months for many, many businesses is, you know, in particular, the wage subsidy scheme and without those schemes, you know, there would have been a very, very serious impact. So Mm -hmm. I I would say in a difficult environment, I I think government has understood the challenges. Government has responded. We will always ask for more and we will always ask for those programs and supports to be improved and tweaked and so on. Um, And we will continue to do that. but, But overall, I think the government response has been good.
0: Let's finish on a positive, if we can. And uh, no one can predict the certainty with any huge um, confidence. Uh, I always say, if someone tries to tell you what two weeks' time looks like at the moment, they're they're not telling you their Absolutely. their most honest truth. But when do you think we're going to get out of this, Connor? When do you think life will return to normal? I mean, we mightn't be in a room in February, but fingers crossed. Are, are you confident that we'll we will see the back of this at some stage in twenty twenty one, and hopefully sooner rather than later.
1: You've left the uh, the easy question to the end, Jonathan, well done on that. But I I think, look, I I really don't have a definitive answer, no more than anybody else does. But, you know, it is dependent on, on clearly having a vaccine in place. All of the... The soundings are very positive in terms of the, the clinical trials that are taking place and that are coming towards a conclusion. There's, a, there's production of, of vaccine product being undertaken by a number of com- companies. Um, and clearly it's going to be about distribution. It's going to be about take up of those, protecting protection of the most vulnerable up front. So, look, I, I do anticipate that, you know, the second half of 2021 will be a far more positive environment and we'll be moving more towards what we would have seen as normality. I think the normality that we would have known, though, I think that's, that's a number of years away. Um, but that's not necessarily the worst thing. And I think we've all learned to be adaptable. Um, we've all learned to be, we've shown that we're all very resilient. So I, I would be very confident in terms of, of the future. Um, and I think we, for the, for the in the short term, we've got to combine you know, the public health aspect to ensure we do everything right, that we're properly positioned uh, to, to get back on our feet fully again. But, but overall, yes, absolutely. I think 2021 will, will bring, you know, better times and, and very much hopefully by the end of 2021, we'll be looking back on a period of, that's been incredibly strange, incredibly difficult for people, but we'll see it behind us at that mm-hmm. point in time.
0: And fingers crossed, we'd all be squashed back into the City Hall, a thousand of us a cheek to jowl uh, and enjoying our evening. Connor Healy. Well,
1: look forward to that, Jonathan.
0: Uh, well, fingers crossed, uh, Cork Chamber uh, Chief Executive. Thanks so much for joining us, Connor, and we'll talk soon.
1: Red Business All that's Best About Business in Cork.
0: Now, my next guest is the Managing Director of a brand that you're all very familiar with. It's, it's in your hand in more locations than you probably realise. Grace O'Shocknessy of Java Republic, how are you? Very well,
2: Jonathan, and thank you for having me on this morning.
0: It's lovely to talk to you. I mean, I got used to seeing your cups on planes. I got used to seeing your cups on trains and all around the place as well. I mean, you guys have had a very good run. Uh, Let's bring it up to COVID before we talk about COVID. You had been doing all the right things. We have
2: indeed, uh, Jonathan. We have been in operation and in business here in Ireland for the past 21 years and really positioned ourselves as the leading provider of premium coffee, organic tea, and a full service solution for clients across many sectors in hospitality and business across the entire country over the past 21 years.
0: Um, so we, we got as far as March and then people stopped flying and people stopped getting the train. For a while, nobody went anywhere. Nobody bought even decent cups of coffee from their local cafe. Um, it must have been a pretty challenging uh, Q2 and Q3 for you. It was it was
2: significantly uh, different to what normal trade would be, Jonathan, that's for sure. And I suppose like nobody uh, different in the hospitality sector, it has been a channel that has been acutely hit. But what we have been very encouraged by, uh, Jonathan, since March, uh, first of all, we were very proud to remain open and operational throughout the entire eight months of COVID to date. And here to support our customers, our clients and our, our teams here around the country. But what we're very encouraged by, despite the changes that we're seeing in channels, is where consumption is now happening. And uh, and we're seeing that, that, OK, people are moving out of urban areas, they're working from home, but coffee is still a very good space in Ireland. We've now pivoted and positioned ourselves to where consumers are consuming coffee.
0: Now, and, and that's the key question, because the, the, the desire for coffee was probably never stronger. It was getting to the customer that proved to be tricky. How have you managed that?
2: Well, we're seeing in the uh, the market now, uh, Jonathan, it's very different to what lockdown 1.0 was. Cafes, predominantly hotels, while they remain closed for the most part under level five, they've pivoted that they're actually offering coffee to go. So we cannot socialise as we normally would have in, uh, in restaurants, cafes and hotels since lockdown has happened. But businesses have actually done their utmost to try and trade. And you're seeing people out and about. You're seeing people meet friends, meet family, colleagues having a coffee. And it's one thing that we witnessed in the economic downturn back in 2008 and 2009. And again, now that premium coffee plays a really significant part in our social journey in
0: Ireland. People are very particular about coffee. now, And, and look, i between you, me and the garden wall, and there's nobody else listening, obviously, I don't <laughs> like coffee, Chris. I'm not a coffee drinker, right? So I am not in your target area. I'll drink your tea until it comes out of my ears. But I know from my friends and my family, people are particularly picky about their coffee. And if Java Republic hadn't been producing a decent kind of coffee, well, you still wouldn't be around.
2: Absolutely. And uh, well, first of all, Jonathan, we won't hold that against you. And uh, maybe one of our our 24 organic teas will will tickle the taste buds. But you're, you're dead right. I mean, over the last number of years, Ireland has played a part in the world stage of premium coffee. Only four years ago, Ireland held the first world coffee and tea festival here in Dublin which is normally synonymous with Australia, with America, with Italy, which are predominantly coffee uh, regions where you would you would look for good coffee. But we're holding our own in this country. And as consumers, we've become very demanding and rightly so. For so long, coffee was not great in the economy. I mean, we certainly didn't grow up as a coffee drinking nation. Um, But now more than ever, people want a good coffee. It actually starts your day. The right way. And we feel, you know, at Java Republic and our core for 21 years, you know, looking after the coffee, ensuring the farmers get looked after, roasting it to get the best properties from the coffee, all leads with the support that we give to serving coffee leads to us providing a really quality experience that people want and are prepared to pay for. And despite the challenges with COVID at the moment, people will still look to treat themselves and reward themselves given hmm. the challenges that people are facing out there.
0: When do you think you're going to get that airline business, the rail business, back up to standard again? I mean, that, are you writing those industries off maybe for another three to six months before you start seeing a return there?
2: Yes, uh, Jonathan, I think it's fair to say with any of the uh, the intel that we're all aware of in the marketplace and the stats that are out there, international travel may not return. And, and listening to some you know webinars over the last while may not return till 2022 at the earliest. Um, but thankfully, because of our operation across multiple channels, we, we, we take the hit. OK, we, we don't want to not see our coffee on board airlines. But again, if consumers are not there, well, then we won't sell more coffee. But equally, how we've pivoted towards cafes, high street, online, that becomes a focus for a shorter period of time. I mean, no one could have predicted this. Um, so therefore, the business pivots to where consumers are and business and travel will return. We've no doubt in that. You know, we were an economy that was doing extremely well before COVID. Um, because of the health impacts of it, we've had to curtail movements. It will come back. It will take time, but equally, people will still drink coffee. They will drink it now, maybe in different places and different geographies, and we'll be there to help support that.
0: Um, The other thing, of course, that has changed is how we drink the coffee and the type of vessel we drink it from. We had been making great progress in getting rid of single... Use plastics and cups in coffee. I know you, you, you've you said that they're biodegradable and so on. We've rode back on that because of COVID and everybody has to use uh, the type of cup, the one type disposable cup again. Are you disappointed that we've had to do that? Because I know you guys had invested heavily in compostable cups and compostable lids and, and everything that went with it.
2: We are. And and uh, it's one again, Jonathan, it's, it's not gone away. I think more now than ever, sustainability is on the agenda of every business in Ireland. And one would say, if it's not, then the longevity of businesses who don't invest in sustainability, one would question their viability. For us, it is paused only. It hasn't taken away from our continued focus on sustainable initiatives. We have the world's first Purpose built carbon neutral roastery here in Ballycullen in Dublin. But cups and the system within Ireland is a big issue. You know, how we recycle the entire chain of supply is a bigger issue than even, you know, Java Republic or any other providers of the market can, uh, can solve by themselves. But consumer demand still wants sustainable initiatives, compostable, biodegradable, and environmental campaigns. And and it's not just talking about it. You have to be visibly seen to action on it. That hasn't gone away. We're still very committed to that. But I think as an economy, it's just paused for this moment in time.
0: And Grace, you've also just made an acquisition in Bandon. Tell us a little bit about Island Beverage.
2: We have indeed, Jonathan. We have worked with the team, Kieran White and Caroline, in uh, Bandon for the last 16 years. And they have been the sole distributor in Cork, Kerry and Limerick for those 16 years. And at the end of September as part of our all-island approach to get closer to our customers and strengthen relationships, we have acquired the Island Beverage Company as part now of the Java Republic family. What's really great is that we continue and want to build on what the team have done locally. Their expertise, their passion, their customer service to the team and the customer base in the Southwest. So, we're very excited to continue to build what they've already established and support what we've done in Cork Kerry and Limerick over the coming years.
0: Okay, well, look, we wish you and all the team the best of luck. I look forward to seeing more of the bugs around the place and more of the coffee cups uh, from Java Republic. We wish you the very best of luck. Grace O'Shaughnessy, the Managing Director of Java Republic. Thanks so much for joining us on Red Business, Grace. Thank you, Jonathan.
1: The only show in town for Cork Business, Red Business.
0: Now, we're in the middle of lockdown part two, which is very different to lockdown part one uh, for parents in particular because the schools are open, which means we do get a few hours of respite a day. And again, we salute the teachers and the hard work they're doing. But we are coming back towards Christmas and we won't be able to do the normal things, more than likely, that we would have done every other Christmas. So how are we going to keep our kids occupied, don't worry, because Aideen O'Grady of StarCamp is coming to the rescue. Aideen, how are you?
3: <laughs> I'm great, Jonathan. I'm great. I can't complain now with all that's, all that's said and done. I'm actually quite good. Um, yeah, it's gas, isn't it? Um, talking about Christmas. I think we were all really waiting for Christmas this year more than any other year.
0: Oh, no, no, I, I, I'm very close to putting up the tree already, so you're not on your own there. Can I ask you, Star Camp of the year you've had, it's been very tricky because uh, obviously you haven't been able to do as many camps as you would have liked to.
3: Yes, exactly right. We actually had a really like look like all businesses or the majority. Um, we had a really tough on time of it there for a while. Um, and I think the hardest part you know we work 12 months of the year to run we run 240 camps right across Ireland across all counties nationwide so we have a team full time in the office um working 12 months of the year for our summer camps so we started preparing last August and and you know like everything we um there was all the toing and fro-ing. are we closing aren't we um, and then it's like do you let go staff don't you i mean those those all those decisions and the thought process and the heartbreak that that, go, that went into those months was was really difficult you know I suppose as I say we were due to run 240 we, we we successfully ran 60 and given that we thought we wouldn't run any we were delighted but obviously it's been a really tough year you know um so again we and, were and, and, to run and, Halloween camps and that didn't happen so um look here we are you know
0: here we are exactly and and we're talking to businesses and we have been about pivoting and pivoting to doing something differently doing something better so hence why you have come up with an idea for Christmas tell yes. us all about it
3: so hence the the jingle box so basically, look, actually ironically, I came up with this idea about two years ago. And it's funny because sometimes you need the push or the shove to actually do something. And you know, COVID was that push for me. This jingle box actually, as I say, we've been talking about it for ages, but I've and I four babies myself, babies meaning under nine. But um I suppose this year more than ever I I really feel children, like us all in the office, we're really genuinely passionate about children, their mental health, giving them a positive place to go, a positive outlook, um, a place to escape to in their heads where they don't have to listen to their mummies and daddies rabbiting on about COVID either, you know. Um, And I suppose the jingle box is all things happy. Um, So what we wanted to achieve, um, we have a massive, like we have, you know, approximately 20,000 children come to us every summer um and you know we've we with waiting lists we have children waiting they love the ethos behind it and it is genuinely about positivity and giving children an outlet to be free and to be themselves and you know and, and I suppose what we wanted to try and do was put this in a box so you know it includes things like um we've created our own cd actually the happiest cd ever again keeping with the theme <laughs> of all things positive for Christmas and for children and then you know it's bringing things back to basics too like baking so we have the the cookie cutter the christmas tree cookie cutter and recipes we have depths of cards and then jingle elf actually by the way is who created this box with us so jingle elf puts in a couple of notes in the box and a couple of magical ideas and thoughts as well as his favorite card games so it's kind of bringing back to you know the, the old traditional playing cards baking you've storybooks you've the cd you've the music you've All the usual games, stickers, bubbles, all that kind of stuff. Reindeer, hot chocolate, marshmallow. So there's loads to keep the kids busy, their minds working and dancing and singing over the the couple of weeks that they have off.
0: Now, I mean, it it is, of course, uh, not how we'd like to spend Christmas, but it is about keeping them entertained. And I know from my own three, having something at all is better than nothing. Uh, How long do you think you'll get out of the jingle box now? Because, I mean, sometimes they'll burn through these things fairly lightly.
3: Listen, and don't I know it. I mean, kids today have, they're so spoiled. and I'm not going to lie, and I think that's across the board, and they have the attention span of an I don't know what. But this is the kind of box that they'll, what I hope is that they'll kind of dip in and out of over the Christmas. So one day they learn some new magic tricks. The next day they might bake. The next day they might learn a new couple of card games and include the family. The next day they'll put on the CD and they'll dance around the kitchen table, you know. So there's loads, like it can be something that you kind of pop in and out of every day and and have fun, and, and let the whole family be involved and have fun with it, you know.
0: Um, when do you think you're going to get back to normal? I mean, that's a really hard question, Aideen, because yeah. you don't know when Star Camp yeah. is going to become regular star camp again. Uh, I mean is there hope that you'll get to it? Um, I am fully, maybe fully in the middle of next
3: Jonathan. year. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um we're uh, you know we'll we'll run some Easter camps, that's that. You know, perhaps, but I'm fully confident that the summer is going to be a- absolutely incredible. Um I think it's going to be a nice summer. I think it's going to be a summer at home again for people. I do think that there won't be as much travel as there may have been last year um as in twenty twenty nineteen, 2019 um I don't think there'll be as much travel so I do think there will be a lot of people at home I think Ireland will be I think we'll be a lot more relaxed I think we'll be kind of out the other side not fully but to a degree so I think there will be an element of actually kind of enjoying where we are enjoying our country enjoying who's around us um and I kind of I suppose I see the good in most things you know and I really do think that you know, I think once we kind of come out the other side and um, please God, the health aspect is, is, is you know, that people aren't dying. I think that's the crux of it. And after that, once we can all, you know, survive this and, and communicate and get together, I think the summer is actually going to be one of the best, um, certainly for us. But I think even, you know, as a nation, I think we, we're, we can potentially have a really nice summer.
0: Well, do you know what? That's a lovely positive point to to park it at starcamp.ie. If you want to get your hand on the jingle box, all the details are there. Aideen O'Grady of StarCamp, pleasure to talk to you and thanks for (laughs) joining us on Red Business. Thanks
3: a million.
0: My thanks, as always, to all of my guests. Don't forget you can download every episode right now from redextra.ie. Myra Hayes-Gough was the producer and we will catch you on the next one.
1: Red Business. Cork's exclusive business podcast.